0: Thank you.
1: This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 175 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a deep dive into the vital FCPA uh, settlement. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, we're going to close out the uh, the year uh, with our last pa- podcast for the year, and I thought we'd uh, make sure we cover the vital uh, FCPA settlement. Hope you're all doing well, uh, getting ready for the holidays, and... Uh, and getting ready for the new year as well. Anyways, so before we get started, let's let's hear from our sponsor, Blue Umbrella.
2: How are you managing your third-party compliance program? Is your technology vastly assisting you or getting in your way? Blue Umbrella, in concert with some of the largest, most sophisticated compliance programs in the world, has devised a user-friendly customizable platform that automates tasks and seamlessly integrates with adjacent enterprise systems. Blue Umbrella has employed advanced technology, along with a healthy dose of common sense, to make sure that compliance professionals using status are able to focus on managing issues that arise, monitoring the health of their program, and proactively anticipating risks as a business partner. Curious? Contact us at blueumbrella.com for a quick demo.
1: Well, the uh, vital case is uh, pretty interesting. Um, First time we've seen the CFTC as the partner on the civil side with the DOJ. Uh, And uh, sort of capped off the year, assuming uh, we don't have any other uh, enforcement actions before the end of the year here. Uh, This was a record year for the Justice Department on FCPA enforcement. And uh, the Vital case was uh, a strong case at the end. Um, and uh, we haven't seen any other sort of end of year uh, settlements. And if we do, we'll pick them up in the new year when we start resuming our podcasting. Um, so, under the agreement, DOJ agreed to a three year deferred prosecution agreement. Uh, Vital agreed to pay a criminal penalty of $135 million. One third of that payment, or 45 million, would be credited if Vital paid 45 million to Brazil prosecutors for resolution of the case. We've seen this in a lot of cases this year, where uh, credit amounts for international settlements uh, include payments to foreign uh, governments. Uh, in addition uh, to that there was a civil settlement with the CFTC like i mentioned this is the first time we've seen the CFTC in with a fcpa case obviously given vital's role in energy trading and derivatives and that was for 28.7 million 12.7 million of which was for disgorgement and that's how we get to the total here of 163.7 which may be less 45 million to the extent if and when vital pays the brazil prosecutors um, and uh, this settlement uh, actually followed there was an arrest and indictment in september 2020 of uh, javier aguilar a vital uh, oil trader for his role in the bribery and money laundering scheme uh, carried out in ecuador involving energy officials from petro ecuador uh, that's the government owned oil and gas company. So, Vital's DOJ and Brazil settlements and CFTC settlements stem from bribery schemes not just limited to Ecuador, but including and primarily, really, in Brazil, as well as Ecuador and Mexico. Over a 15 year period, Vital paid millions of dollars in bribes to numerous public officials in Brazil, Ecuador, and Mexico. Specifically, between 2005-2014, Vital paid approximately $8 million in bribes to at least four officials at Petrobras, uh, Brazil's state-owned oil company, in exchange for confidential pricing information and competitor information. And then Vital executed the bribery payments through a network of third parties, shell companies, and intermediaries. Vital also acknowledged that from 2001 to 2004, it bribed at least five Petrobras officials for confidential, confidential information that they used to secure fuel contracts in the bidding process, and there were back-channel negotiations with a Petrobras official located in Houston. At these meetings, Vital's uh, representative and the Petrobras uh, official agreed on bribe amounts to be paid for, to various uh, Petrobras officials. Uh, Vital also agreed to participating in a second conspiracy to bribe officials in Ecuador and Mexico. And between 2015 and 2020, Vital paid more than $2 million in bribes to officials in Ecuador and Mexico. And again, they used sham consulting agreements and fake invoices for consulting services and made payments to shell companies on and offshore accounts. Now in addition to Javier Aguilar DOJ recently unsealed plea and cooperation agreements with two individuals as part of this investigation including Rodrigo Berkowitz the Houston-based former Petrobras official who received and orchestrated bribes and was and uh, also with one of the intermediaries involved in the Brazil bribery scheme So under the FCPA corporate enforcement policy DOJ applied the following considerations vital did not earned credit for a voluntary disclosure. They did receive full credit for cooperation because they made available a former foreign-based employee and other employees. Uh, They engaged in remedial measures, including personnel changes, implementation of enhanced policies and procedures, and internal controls relating to anti-corruption, third-party agent risks, and commercial relationships, gifts, meals, and entertainment, and internal investigations. They also... uh, Uh, updated their risk assessments training and internal reporting doj did not impose a corporate compliance monitor citing uh, vitals remediation and compliance commitments and agreement to provide annual compliance program status reports in the end uh, doj awarded vital a 25 percent reduction from the bottom of the u.s sentencing guidelines range so let's talk a little bit about the bribery schemes that stretched into this the three separate countries, Brazil, Ecuador and Mexico. And the statement of facts is really helpful in terms of, you know, outlining how uh, the perpetrators used uh, false documentation and financial arrangements using offshore accounts, shell companies, and correspondent banking relationships. So let's start with first the Brazil uh, conspiracy that uh, focused on confidential information over a nine-year period uh, from 2005 to 2014. And Vital paid more than $8 million in bribes to Brazilian officials for valuable oil purchase and sales uh, information. And they earned at least $33 million in profits from these corrupt contracts. At the center of this was a Petrobras official who received $3 million in bribes, most of which he kept and occasionally shared with three other Petrobras officials. In exchange, the official provided valuable confidential information, including market intelligence concerning import and export forecasts and other information that benefited vital in trading uh, activities and last look information concerning confidential bid information from Vital's competitors that Vital could use to calculate appropriate bids to win fuel contracts. The market intelligence information was detailed in weekly internal Petrobras reports that contained production volume and quality, anticipated imports, shipping routes, and cargo loading deals. Her details, actually. And the trader uh, specifically requested that the Petrobras official provide information through the back door because Petrobras' traders, quote, will never tell you anything, close quote. In 2005, during a lunch meeting, uh, a vital executive offered the Petrobras official a monthly payment of $5,000 for this confidential information. The vital executive shared the confidential information with two vital traders on a regular basis, and the executive and the Petrobras official regularly met in person to transfer the information using... Electronic storage devices, discs, I guess, and uh, you know, USB ports. Several years later, the monthly bribery payments increased from five thousand per month to twelve thousand per month. <clears throat> Excuse me. In February two thousand six, the Petrobras official also offered to provide the vital uh, executive with last look information on confidential competitive bids for fuel oil. Uh, that Petrobras received from competing competing companies, Vital used this information then to tailor its bids for the same products in order to win the bid, and Vital agreed to pay bribes equal to eight cents per barrel of fuel oil that Vital purchased from Petrobras in winning tenders. The Vital executive shared the confidential information with two Vital traders and other Vital Group employees in Houston via telephone and email, and the traders research, re referred to this confidential information as the gold number or the golden number in emails this information allowed vital to match or offer a slightly lower amount to win the tender after winning the bid vital took possession of the oil cargo in houston texas the vital executive created a fictitious company in brazil which invoiced vital for a per barrel commission on the trade The invoice directed Vital to wire funds through a U.S. correspondent bank to a bank account in the Bahamas associated with a third party responsible for making the bribery payment to the Petrobras official. During an eight-year period from 2006 to 2014, Vital paid for and received confidential bid information for over 50 Petrobras tenders. On at least five other occasions, Vital paid per barrel bribes to the Petrobras official and three other Petrobras officials for tenders outside Brazil in which Vital was a competitor. Now, the Vital executive used the fictitious Brazil company on numerous occasions to invoice uh, uh, from an account in Switzerland to other accounts in Switzerland and the United States, ultimately for the payment of cash bribes to Petrobras officials. In most cases, these payments were made from Switzerland and the United States to accounts in the Bahamas and the Grand Canyon, which were maintained by third parties to money launder and convert the funds into Brazilian currency. The money was then transferred to Brazilian or offshore bank accounts. While this scheme uh, was ongoing during during the 10-year period that uh, I've described, There was another scheme going on from 2011 to 2014 where they made corrupt payments to more than $5 million to five other Petrobras officials through third-party intermediaries and two Brazil consultants in exchange for confidential information that uh, this was for pricing information that Vital used to bid on fuel contracts. Consultant number two negotiated with a Petrobras official through consultant number one to establish corrupt prices for Petrobras contracts that included bribes to several Petrobras officials and commissions to the two consultants. The participants then executed sham negotiations that eventually landed on the confidentially known and agreed on price. The parties entered into around 30 transactions with Petrobras between 2011 to 2014. And again, to disguise the payments to the Petrobras officials, Vital entered into sham consulting agreements with companies controlled by Consultant 2. Once the trades were finalized and the cargoes delivered, Consultant 2 sent Vital an invoice for the commission from Consultant Two's companies. Consultants 1 and 2 kept a portion of the payment and used the balance to pay bribes to the Petrobras officials by wire transfers into bank accounts controlled by the Petrobras officials in Uruguay and Brazil. So that's... The whole Brazil, uh, and it's quite a quite a uh, an operation in terms of bribery. Uh, it's pretty extensive. Uh, we have a sort of smaller schemes that went on at the same time uh, in Ecuador and Mexico between 2015 and 2020. Vital paid two million in bribes to government officials in Ecuador and Mexico, and to execute the scheme, lo and behold, they entered into sham consulting agreements set up shell companies to launder corrupt payments, created fake invoices, and used email accounts with pseudonyms to transfer funds to offshore shell companies. The illegal payments were made through multiple bank accounts in New York City. Vital and Ecuador Consultant One paid bribes to two government officials at Petro Ecuador, the state-owned oil company, in exchange for identifying business opportunities for Vital and in some cases, using their influence to ensure Vital was successful in securing these opportunities. Then in 2016, uh, Vital Ecuador Consultant One and a Petro Ecuador official worked to secure Vital two f- valuable contracts and bypass a competitive tendering process. Vital Ecuador Consultants One and Two agreed that a consulting company owned by Ecuador Consultant One and Two would pay bribes to the Petro Ecuador officials. To facilitate the award of a valuable fuel contract to benefit Vital, the bribe amount was calculated based upon a per barrel commission. So the two Ecuador consultants used a third party intermediary to transfer the bribe amounts after the consultants took their share of the commissions. Vital wired the payments from a correspondent bank account located in the United States to a bank account in Curacao in the name of a shell company maintained by the third-party intermediary, who in turn transferred amounts to an account located in Portugal for the benefit of a Petroecuador ecuador official. In Mexico, between 2015 and 2020, Vital made bribery payments to Mexican officials to receive inside confidential information. For example, in or about 2018, Vital paid bribes to a Mexican official at a Pemex subsidiary, Pemex being the mexican state-owned oil and gas company to execute the scheme vital used two mexican entities to execute uh, sham consulting agreements with shell companies controlled by the same third-party intermediary used in the ecuador bribery scheme so uh the the outline here the facts here Uh, let's go through some lessons learned. Uh, Like I said, DOJ is coming to the close of a record FCPA enforcement year. Uh, This case involved the first, uh, probably more that we'll see with the CFTC because of their jurisdiction over energy trading markets. And there are a number of important lessons from the case, the first being about how high-risk energy trading markets are. Commodity trading markets present significant corruption risks, while such uh, trading operations themselves are su- subject to extensive regulatory and compliance efforts. The commodity trading industry has had its share of scandals and enforcement actions and now extend into international bribery. These risks uh, are particularly heightened because of the presence of foreign government-owned oil and gas uh, producers who are involved in valuable contract and tender uh, processes. So these include not only just market manipulation and antitrust risks, but now we have international uh, bribery risks as well because when you're dealing with these foreign officials from those companies, they are foreign officials for purposes of the FCPA. And commodity traders have significant incentives and opportunities to engage in misconduct given the financial reward. So to mitigate the risks, commodity trading operators have to adopt robust monitoring strategies beyond the regulatory requirements to incorporate anti-corruption risks in addition to the heavily regulated market risks. We also see once again uh, the reverberation of Petrobras and Petro Ecuador scandals. Uh, As they continue to, you know, extend into every sector of the energy industry, including valuable energy trading operations and derivative markets, to the extent a company engages or has engaged these uh, state-owned companies, risks have to be identified and mitigated, while both companies have undertaken reforms and enhanced their compliance operations, The nature and extent of their risks require vigilance in the supervision of these uh, business activities. And the vital uh, enforcement action also underscores the value of tender and confidential business-sensitive information. Here they're paying bribes. In the beginning, uh, I outlined how they were paying bribes for quote-unquote market intelligence. Market information from a state-owned industry, especially involving oil and gas, is extremely valuable on its own. Bribe payments for such information in a competitive bidding process is a high risk And compliance. uh, Programs have to focus on monitoring such information and identifying acquisition of such information without appropriate justification. The tender process with government agencies creates numerous opportunities for bribery and internal controls, uh, circumventing internal controls uh, surrounding tenders, surrounding tenders, and they need to be enforced and audited on a regular basis. As in all FCPA cases, uh, we had a number of corrupt third parties. What a surprise. The statement of facts outlines common techniques of sham consulting contracts, fake invoices, unusual payment arrangements, and these are very common and specific tactics. It's useful to imagine how these activities could have been detected and even stopped if there was some kind of monitoring or auditing process or verification of these types of arrangement. The sham consulting contract probably occurred without legal and or compliance review. Such review would include verification of the counterparty, the services to be provided, and due diligence of the third party for compliance risks. The fake invoices probably were processed without verification of the services provided and or the amount paid for such verified services. The internal business approval process, along with compliance review or monitoring, and with the backstop of an accounts payable staff appropriately trained to identify suspect invoices, could have detected and prevented payment of these fake invoices. Finally, the unusual uh, payment arrangements could have been detected if Vital verified the payments by requiring some justification for payments made to shell companies to offshore accounts or through US- based correspondent bank accounts. Okay, there the other reoccurring theme in this was, uh, and frankly, it occurred a lot this year in FCPA enforcement is the involvement and lead role played by senior executives in carrying out bribery schemes. VITAL is yet another example of uh, this trend, and it begs the usual question, what steps did VITAL take to assess its C-suite risks and to mitigate those risks and to monitor the activity of its C-suite actors? Uh, My guess is zero um gatekeeper functions as well the vital bribery scheme as described by the justice department makes no mention of vitals compliance legal or internal audit functions given the amount of money and the pervasive bribery schemes the absence of any meaningful gatekeeper roles uh, demonstrate that vitals oversight and monitoring functions either were non-existent or just ignored so that's uh That's our last uh, enforcement action that we have for the year. Um, 2020, goodbye. It was not nice to know you. It was a tough year for everybody. We'll be back uh, next year. We're taking a break for the holiday. We'll be back uh, starting in January 2021. On January 5th, uh, we have an FCPA review webinar. And January 6th, we have an OFAC Uh, review webinar. So I hope you can join us for that. Otherwise, have a great holiday. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay in touch, and uh, all the best for a great holiday season and a great year coming up. Thanks again.
2: Thanks again for listening to Corruption Crime and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.